This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Second Kings chapter 3, amen? Second Kings chapter 3. <clears throat> to kind of give an intro to this, uh, I have a very unique perspective on missions, amen? Uh, in 1986, while stationed in a place called Gießen, Germany, I was happy in my life. I was about to get promoted to staff sergeant. My wife was a GS-5 working on base. We had a beautiful little daughter. Our life, according to the world, was perfect. Amen? Uh, we didn't realize it wasn't. But according to the world standard, it was perfect. And one day my wife said, I want to go to church. I said, why? What's there? I, don't, I didn't grow up in church. Church to me was funerals and weddings, family reunions, amen, that's all church was. I went to a church one time, walked out in the middle of the service, I'll, I won't bore you with that, amen. But we went to the chapel, just like everybody else would, amen. I got a kick out of it, the clocks had changed, everybody was leaving. I was like, yes, amen. And my wife started crying. You see, she grew up around church, she grew up in many different churches, graduated from a Catholic high school, Babysat at Episcopalian church, went to Baptist church. I don't know about how religious she was, but she was totally confused, amen? But she knew this. She knew this, that she wanted to go to church. And I was like, why? Amen? So we went back home, and uh, how many uh, guys, how many of your wives have that drawer you're scared to go into because she dumps everything in that thing? Amen? You know, we call it a junk drawer. I call it the abyss. Amen? And my wife went to that drawer, and she opened it up, and she pulled out this little piece of paper, and she said, let's go try that this church. I said, where'd you get that? She said, somebody put it on our laundry, in our laundry room, amen? I, and I picked it up. It's called Lawn Baptist Church. I said, it's German. We won't understand anything. We're Americans. What, what are we going to go there? And she talked me into going to this church, walked in there, bunch of Americans. The only German in there was married to an American. And the guy started preaching, and to be honest, it was the first time in my life I'd heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. A clear presentation. And we were leaving the church, and he came up to us and said, Look, I'm not the pastor here. You've got to come back and hear my pastor. And I'm like, Dude, we're in church. Settle down. Nothing to get excited about, you know? I was like, Man, you've got to chill out a little bit. But he was so excited, and that excitement brought me back to that church. And then I realized why God gave me the pastor he gave me. He's from Georgia. They talk slow there. <laughs> it wasn't until we were leaving there a year later that I actually understood that the ward was the Lord. Amen. I couldn't figure out who the ward was. But I, anyway, that's all there. So we, we went to that church and, and he invited everybody to his house for this thing called visitation. And I looked at my wife and said, sounds like coffee and cookies, you want to go? She said, so we decided not to go, you know, first time and all that stuff. And then on May 29th, 1986, I looked in the people, and I did what most people would do. It's the preacher. What's he doing here? Everybody's at his house. 
what's he doing here? Amen? So I opened the door, and about 7.30 on May 29, 1986, at 9B Garden apartment 18 in Lollard, Germany, me and my wife at a coffee table, bowed our heads, and accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Then I come back to the States, and guess what? They're having a missions conference. So I found out that that guy over there was a missionary. I'd never heard that term before. I didn't know what missionaries were. I didn't know what missions were. So I became part of a church that was giving to missions. To make a long story short, I have seen every aspect of missions. I've been the mission field. I have given to missions. I have become the missionary on devotation. I have become the missionary overseas that gave to missions. Amen. And now I'm going to be part of AFBM that we're going to help support, encourage, recruit, and, and go out and, and, and win people to Christ. Amen. I've lived a blessed life. Amen. That's kind of a setup for my message tonight. 2 Kings chapter 3. This is a, I love this story. Uh, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and, and the our king of, uh, yes, the king of Judah and the king of Edom are going to war against Moab. And, and they get there, and you know, little things just don't change sometimes, amen? How many former military or present military that I have in here tonight, amen? It, in our lifetimes, haven't the military changed a lot in capability? You know what it's like to walk into a military museum with your kids and they go, wow, look at that old piece of equipment. You're sitting there going, I remember when that was issued. Amen, you know? <laughs> it happened, amen? And, 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 I'm, and I'm sitting there, <laughs> started laughing, I forgot where I was at, amen? But anyway, uh, but the military has changed a lot, but some of the basics is still there, amen? These guys go to war and they get to a part uh, of the desert and they don't have any water, amen? With all the fancy equipment we have today, with all the technology, if you don't have water for your soldiers, Marines, airmen, and, and what's the other ones? Oh, Marines. And, 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 and Marines, airmen, and sailors. That's one. And, and soldiers, you, you, you just can't function, can you? Amen? And you can't cook, and you can't do all these things. Well, that's what happened to these guys. They ran out of water. Amen? And then as an afterthought, Jehoshaphat says, hey, is there a man of God here? Let's seek the Lord's will. Amen? They've already gathered, they're here, and now they're looking for water. Amen? In verse 13, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 13, Elijah, the prophet of Israel now, Elijah has been taken up in a whirlwind, Elijah's taken his place, and Elijah said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. I don't know if you know this, this is Jehoram. His mother and father was Ahab and Jezebel. <laughs> Good parenting people there, amen? And he said, go to their prophets, amen? And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. He's defeated. And then he starts blaming the Lord, amen? How many people you know and how many of us I've gotten ourselves in a mess, and the first thing we start doing is looking for somebody to blame. Amen? It's rough in my house. We just became em empty nesters this year. No more kids to blame. Now my wife just looks at me. 
Verse 14, and Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would, look, I, I would not look toward thee, nor see thee. Let us pray. Father, we ask a blessing on the word tonight. We ask your blessing on this uh, message. Father, would you have the honor and glory and preeminence in all? For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Here we are. we got a story of three kings. And all of a sudden, they go to Elijah to seek the word of God. And I sit there and I, I think about the story I just told you about the missions and, and me knowing, you know, every aspect of, of missions and stuff. And this is what dawned on me, and it just dawned on me this afternoon, and, and it, it was, it was a, a thought that I'd never had before. I stand in front of you tonight as a church that gives to missions, very generously gives to missions, Amen. You are the home church for AFBM, Armed Forces Baptist Missions. Amen? I mean, I'm at home. Amen? Most of you are former military. There's military all over this place. There's current military here. I'm among my people. You know what I'm saying? And I sit here and I think, the people that I preached to just a couple months ago don't know anything about you. But the people I stood in front of two months ago, don't need, uh, you don't know anything about them. You don't know about their lives. You don't know about their stories. Some of you have been overseas in military works, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is what I know. Without them, giving to missions doesn't mean anything. And without giving you, let me get this straight, without them giving to missions don't mean anything, and they can't do what they're doing without you. It's a complete teamwork. And I can't wait to get to heaven for you all to meet these people. Amen? It's going to be a wonderful time. And I sat here and I was reading this story this afternoon. God had already put it on my heart. And I kind of connected that, that I am in churches all over the United States of America. I've been in all 50 states. We have supporting churches from Arizona to Florida to Maryland to Washington State. We, we've got uh, over uh, Canada uh, mission, uh, churches that support us, churches in Japan and everything else. So there's a lot of people that it takes for me to stand in front of people in Japan. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? And it's a complete teamwork. But what I don't think a lot of people realize is how important the individual church member is. We talk about Good News Baptist Church, we talk about Pastor Asher, we talk about AFBM, but do you realize how important you are? Do you? Do you realize how important you are to the gospel of Jesus Christ? You see, we have the main players here. We can name them. You had the king of Israel, the king of Judah, the king of Edom, you've got Elijah, and what Elijah is about to tell them is something very strange. In verse 15 it says, But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Verse 16, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with, with water, Ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Now, he doesn't stop there. 
And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fence city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones. Now, it comes to pass. The next morning, Moabites, uh, the Moabite uh, army comes up on the hill. They look down. They see that it's red as blood, and they think they've killed themselves or each other. And so they go into the offense right into a trap, and they are totally destroyed. And then uh, the, the army t- chases Moab way back into their country. So it's a complete victory. God does a miracle. Amen? And we talk about the king of Edom, the king of Moab, uh, the king of Judah, the king of Israel. We talk about Elijah and all these other things. But you know something? There were people that we don't know their names that were digging the ditch. Amen? And we may know names like, like uh, Laverne Rogers or Carrie or, or missionaries that have made differences in lives and stuff. But do we realize that you're the ditch diggers? That you're the ones that's putting your hand to the shovel and digging the ditches so that God's blessings can be poured out on this world? Do you realize how important you are? I, I started thinking about this and praying about this. And up in the upper room was 120. Uh, the church at Ephesus, the church here, the church there, uh, the, 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 the disciples. How many of the workers, how many of those people do we actually know the names. But how important are they? How important are they? I've been here two weeks now. I go up to people this morning and say, have we met? I'm horrible with names. Amen. I've got six kids, five grandchildren, and we tape their names on their foreheads so I can remember. Not really, but it would help. Amen. But anyway, and I sit there and I think to myself, people just don't realize how important they are to the team. Amen. John Maxwell wrote a book called The Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. Amen. Can I tell you tonight that the, that the team makes the plan of God work? You are the team that God has chosen to make all this happen. To, to, to be the workers behind the scenes. To be the, you see, Jehoshaphat went up there and he says, I'm looking for a word of God. And Elijah says, well, if it, if it was just these two, I wouldn't even look towards you. But because, Jehoshaphat, you've come to seek the word of God, I'm going to talk to you. Amen? In church, perspectives are, are an amazing thing. Amen? The perspective from up here is an amazing thing. I've heard preachers joke that they, they want to put a mirror up here so you could see what they're looking at. Amen? And, and, and it's an amazing thing. I mean... I know what you're looking at, but you don't know what I'm looking at. There's people all over the place, amen? And this is what I know. There's some people that might be engaged. There's some people that's thinking about tomorrow. There's some people that was thinking about today. Some people may be thinking about the lunch they had, amen? You know, whatever, right? Some, some may be thinking about, about job security in this crazy world we live in, amen? Uh, and, and all these things are going through our brain. But hey, look. Who has come tonight to seek the word of God? That's who, you know, preaching is kind of like shooting a shotgun. Amen? You you hope you hit some things. Amen? And others are just going to walk away, right? And we're going to miss. But but if you've come, now now think about this. I want to throw out a couple challenges for you tonight. 
What if you, this next couple days, Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday got up and prepared to receive the message on Wednesday night just as hard as your pastor will be preparing to give it? Think about that. I, I can almost guarantee you that you parents in here have said to your kids, you get out of it what you put into it. Amen? I, I was told that all my life. And you know what I know? When I go into church and I walk away going, man, I know where the problem was. But man, when I go in and I'm prayed up and I'm prepared and that message is given out, it's kind of like no matter what's going on, I get something. Amen? No matter, I could hear the message 20 times and get 20 different things out of it if I'm prepared to receive it. Amen? Now, this is a mission-minded church. I mean, you just look around. Uh, I can't wait till I, I got time to just walk around the walls and look at these, but we're still meeting people and, and all these things, and then people drop in from us from 25 years ago and things like that. So, so it's like I, I just want to get around and, and see, and, and, and this is a mission-minded church, amen? And every service, we get a bulletin with missionary letters in it. I've got a challenge for you tonight. Go home and don't give it to anybody. Just go home and write your own missionary letter. Report to God what you've done on the mission field. Report to God how many people you witnessed to. I'm going I'm I'm to be honest. I was a trustee at a church and I get mad at missionaries. Why can't they get their prayer letters in on time? What's wrong with these people? Why can't they write their prayer letters? And I became a missionary. And you know what? I started thinking, how in the world do these people get these missionary letters out? <laughs> Amen. These things are hard. You know, you got to report to a church and, and tell them what you're doing. Well, guess what? Sometimes nothing was happening. Amen. During the pandemic, stayed home, quarantined. Keep sending your support. All right. You know, <laughs> bases are locked down. Nobody's come to church. Praise God for for um, live stream, amen? <laughs> yeah, you get up on Sunday morning. You... All right. Hi, how are you guys? You know, it's, it, it was tough, amen? And, and it's hard to write these prayer letters. I'm just going to be honest with you. One, I'm not much of a writer. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I miss my kids because what I used to do is I used to write my prayer letters out, and then I would leave it on the screen, and I would walk away, and I'd come back two hours later and look down and go, I am Amen. My kids are English majors. They love English, especially my daughter. Amen. And they would fix it. They said, Dad, you just put the idea on there and we'll fix it. Amen. And I became a brilliant writer. Amen. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. But I know this, that when it came to digging those ditches, there was a lot of people involved in that. A lot of soldiers. Now, I'm going to be... <laughs> I was a long time in the Army, and we know how it goes. Hey, guys, drop your gear, pick up your shovels, and go dig a ditch, right? It was like, that's not what I signed up for. That's not what I want to do. Dig a ditch? Are you out of your mind, you know? But they'd be over there, and they'd be like, who idiots in charge of this thing, you know, and all this? And then the officer or the NCO would come by, and they'd go, hey, we're having a great day. Have a good day. You know? And, but the ditches got dug. And the blessings came, amen, the water came. 
And it was an incredible victory for the cause of God. Amen? But I can tell you this, that we have the choice to choose how we will receive the word of God. Amen? I love it when people say, well, I have to get up tomorrow morning and go to work. No, you don't. I have to get up to take care of my husband. I have to get up to take care of my wife. I have to get uh, up to take care of those uh, children. And I, I have to get up. You are free to make any choice you want to make. Period. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be polite to anybody. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to do nothing. But the rest of that statement is you're free to make any choice you want to make, but you're not free from the choices you make. And the reason you say, I have to get up and go to work tomorrow is because you're not willing to pay the consequence of not getting up and going to work. So the, so the real statement ought to be, I'm going to work tomorrow because I don't want to deal with what would happen if I didn't go to work. Amen? And, and so that's the real thing. And the real thing is this. We can choose who we listen to. I love that thing on Facebook where it says, you want to stop all this ignorance and stop all the the lies and stuff, and the guy turns off the TV. <laughs> I love Japan. You can't understand a thing they're saying. <laughs> Machiko can. I can. Amen. I was to the military. I, I you know, I speak Skoshi. <laughs> Nihongo. <laughs> anyway, so that's how you say no, right? <laughs> Gominasai, my favorite word. I used it more times. It means, oh, I'm sorry. So anyway, the bottom line is this. You can choose to listen to God or you can choose to listen to everybody else. You can choose to listen to yourself. You, you can say, well, I have to go to church because if I don't go to church, somebody's going to come knocking on my door and make me feel guilty for not going to church. Well, you've got defeated right there already. What if you got up on Sunday morning and say, I get to go to church? Amen. In our household, there was never a question which church, or what if we were going to church, it was which church are we going to, amen? Uh, they loved it in Japan, at least they got to go to the same church every day, you know? But we never told our children they had to go to church, we told them they get to go to church. They get to participate in the kids' programs. They get to participate. You know something? I don't have to be part of AFBM. I don't have to be a missionary. I don't have to go through all the traveling and going to churches and all these things. I don't have I get to. I, I got saved. Amen? We've gone through COVID. We've gone through all kinds of stuff, right? A week and a half ago, or just a week ago, I lost a really good friend to COVID. It was the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Zama, Japan. He was home on furlough. Now there's a church that we had, he took my place over there without a pastor. That, that's heavy. That's heavy. But Brother Bill had a lot of issues because of COVID, a lot of heart issues, a lot of strokes going on and stuff. And you want to know something? He's walking on streets of gold right now. And I can sit here and boo-hoo all night and say, Lord, why did you take him? Or I can wait, keep digging ditches, and see God fill the di uh, ditches with blessings. Amen? Do I miss Bill? He was a good friend. I could talk to him every week. We, we'd joke. We'd, we'd confide in each other. He's a good friend. I couldn't even watch his funeral online yesterday. It was just so hard. But that's the physical. 
But in the spirit, I know this. When I get to heaven, now, theologically, don't correct me on this, it's my dream, amen? When I get to heaven, there's going to be Bill on a John Deere plowing a field, amen? Because that was Bill, and that's the way I picture him, amen? And I can choose to listen to my flesh, or I can be in the spirit and say, Lord, thank you for taking him out of that pain. You say, you that spiritual? Nah, I still cried. Amen? I still miss him. Going to miss him for a while. But I know this. I can choose who I'm going to listen to. Amen? On Sunday mornings, I can come in here and choose to listen to God, or I can come in here and choose to listen to the pastor. Think about that statement. Because you see, I know this. My tongue gets tied sometimes. <coughs> Miss Monica was at Cornerstone Baptist Church with us from 93 to 96. I don't know if she remembers me ever preaching there, but I have listened to those tapes. Wish I could burn them. Wish I could go back and take it all back. Say, what was this guy talking about? Amen? I got the first message I ever preached, and you know what I found out? I was so doctrinally wrong, it was incredible. I don't even know why the pastor let me even preach it, amen? Uh, but he was, I guess, just trying to teach me. I, matter of fact, I like to ask him, why, you, why do you let me preach that, amen? And, and, and I sit here and I think today, I still get things wrong sometimes. Your pastor sometimes may say something, you go, wow, I don't like that. So, how many times have you said something that we don't like, amen? All right? It's a two, we're people, right? But when he opens the Bible and says, so saith the Lord, you ought to perk up and go, what? What? God's about to speak? His word? And he expounds on the word of God? Amen? It's, it's an incredible experience to sit there and be ready to receive the word of God. And if he tells you to go dig a ditch, go dig a ditch. Amen? See, we got saved in Germany. I thought, sure, we'd go back to Germany. Now, I'm going to tell you my call to Japan. It's a great one. Great revival going on. Dr. So-and-so was pre... Nope. I was at my lazy chair in my living room reading a newspaper. Read a little article that said tariffs affecting the military in Japan. I said, what military in Japan? I didn't know there was military in Japan. I was Army. Amen? You know there was military there. Marines everywhere. Amen? Matter of fact, out of 50,000 U.S. military in Japan, 25,000 of them on an island 70 miles long, 10 miles wide. There's Marines everywhere. Amen? And the Air Force base is up there going, don't let them hurt us. Amen? <laughs> they got worried the other day at Kadena Air Base. They, they heard a soldier got on base. So they sent a squadron of SPs out there to take care of them. And about an hour later, nobody heard from the SPs. How many Air Force we got in here? <laughs> Should have rethought that one, amen? But anyway, so they send another squadron out there. Don't hear anything from them for two hours. They send another squadron out there. This time the captain goes out with them. And the captain finds this one airman, and he's just beat up and stuff. He said, son, what happened? He said, sir, they lied to us. There was two. Anyway, <laughs> am I in trouble now? All right, okay. But anyway, we have to understand that it's okay to laugh a little bit. It's okay to enjoy a little bit. 
But we need to be prepared to receive the word of God. You see, in 1986, I went to a church. And they just kind of just plowed me and just got me ready and got that furrow ready. And when that seed started blooming and, and I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and I bowed my head and I gloriously accepted Christ as my Savior and my future was changed, everything changed, amen. And then I got to uh, a Temple Baptist Church at Fort Campbell and they were talking about missions and I said, oh, you mean I can participate in that? So I started participating in that. And then they came over and said, uh, uh, Chuck, I want you to be a missionary. I said, okay, Lord, amen. And, and I thought I was going this direction. Then he came and said, no, go this direction. And, and then he said, okay, you're going to go down here and you're going to be up here and, and a great work is going to be working. You're going to be running up a hundred and some people and, and you're going to have this really nice building that nobody said you could have. And I could sit there and I would tell you miracle after miracle how God worked in that church and, and people that lives were changed. And, and we were in Virginia Beach, uh, uh, Virginia Beach a few years ago, and five of our families got together, and we had a great reunion and stuff. And we can go all across America and see people that were affected by the ministry over there. And then Lord said, but I want you to move from here down to Okinawa and start a church. I said, no problem. We were doing great. God was blessing. And then all of a sudden, this thing came around called COVID. And through that, and by the way, I wasn't discouraged at all. I was ready to get going. I mean, building a church is, is what I'm about. I love it. And, and, and in military work, you can never be complacent. I mean, they just come and go. Somebody said, how many churches did you pastor? I said, five. They said, you move around a lot? I said, no, they did. <laughs> you know, I was still in the pulpit, just a different church. And I'll run into people. I say, you remember so-and-so? And they said, no. And I'm like, oh, well, they were there this time. This was, and it's, it gets confusing, amen? And then uh, the, earlier this year, God says, hey, I want you to move to Virginia. I was like, wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> really? Yeah, I want you to go be part of this AFBM thing. I was like, wow. And you know why? Because every time I was prepared to receive the word of God. Because I prayed, I fasted, and I sat down and said, Lord, what do you got for me? And then he started putting things on my heart, people on my heart, which led to one connection to the next connection. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. We're, we're just pack everything up, sell it, and move to Virginia. Amen. You know why? Because I just want to dig ditches for God. I don't care if anybody knows my name. I don't care if anybody really remembers me afterwards. But this is what I know. When I get to heaven, I'm going to meet thousands upon thousands of people that supported our ministry. I'm going to let them meet the people that were impacted by their digging of ditches. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we can't do it unless we're part of the team. Now, I'm not talking about being saved. Hopefully, everybody in here is saved. And if you're not saved here tonight, believe me, there's people with the Bible here tonight that can show you how to be saved. Go with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. You know, sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we kind of just want to quit. Amen? Sometimes we don't want to get up on Sunday morning. Sometimes we don't want to go Sunday night. Wednesday night, man, that's a tough one sometimes. Amen? But you know why I'm there every time? 
because of this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the what? Scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the what? Scriptures. You know why I do what I do? Because on May 29, 1986, at about 7.30 at 9B Lunagarden Strasse, apartment 18 in Lolar, West Germany, a missionary told me that. Now, what was really neat is we didn't have a Bible in the house, and he came to the house, and he said, do you have a Bible? And I said, yes, and, and I gave him a Bible that my mother-in-law had given me. Now, I didn't know about this until years later because I, I was in a car with him, and I said, Hey, brother, remember that night that you came to our house and you asked us for a Bible? And he said, yeah. I said, you, you, what had happened is I made that a soul-winning thing because I figured if you're going to somebody's house, they have a Bible, you can show them out their Bible, how to come to know Christ as their Savior. That, that was a good thing. I thought he, that's what he did, right? No, you see, we didn't have an elevator and we lived on the fifth floor. He forgot his Bible in the car. He wasn't going back down them steps. I was like, cool, amen? Whatever works, right? It was good. And, and, but I gave him that old Bible that my mother-in-law gave me, an old King James Schofield Bible. And he opened that up, and he told us about the love of Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a great message, amen? And then I came across this verse when I got discouraged, and it always lifts me up. It always encourages me to remember, all I'm doing is delivering what I first received, the love of God. And my goal is every church service, every time I open the Bible, every time I pray, is to be prepared to receive the word of God. Because I can tell you, we can be discouraged, can't we? We can be frustrated, can't we? Kids are running around, uh, neighbors, whatever. This afternoon I had experience I haven't had in a long time. My wife was out with Miss Monica and I was home all by myself. You know, I had trouble concentrating. There wasn't no noise. There wasn't nothing going on, amen? But I prayed. I said, Lord, give me what, I, what, what you want to give me. And that's when I thought, I hope these people at Good News Baptist Church know how important they are. I hope you realize how important you are. Nobody may know your name. Nobody may know what you've done. But what you've done is important. It's for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that somebody may know, you, know him as their savior. People that you will never know have been impacted by your simple obedience. And some, uh, uh, sometimes you may feel discouraged. Sometimes you may feel frustrated. Sometimes you may feel unappreciated. But are you looking for a pat, of back, uh, a pat on the back from me and the pastor? Or are you looking for that well done, thou good and faithful servant? Prepare yourself. So saith the Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you for Good News Baptist Church. I thank you for Pastor Asher. I thank you for the members here. I thank you for the ones that, that are, are, have a heart for missions and the ones that are, have a heart for AFBM and and Father, thank you for the, the warm welcome here. And thank you for the pastor allowing me to stand in his pulpit tonight. I do not take that lightly. I pray for Brother Brown as he's on the road representing AFBM. And Lord, I can't wait to, to get started and, and, and to, to move forward with AFBM. But Lord, may I never get caught up 
in the, the, the operations where I'm not prepared to receive your word. Father, may you have the will and way in all our lives. May you be the one that we listen to and that we hear. Because you're the one that will give us the peace we need. You're the one that will give us the rest we need. You're the one that will give us the love that only you can give. Father, we love you and we give you praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's Word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.